everything God said, everything God warned, what did Solomon do? He did it. And how many times will Christians, even though they sit in church and they hear the word of God, yet they do their own thing, but they will not listen to what God is really saying through his word. Solomon did it. And Solomon ended up not worshiping his God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our focus on God's faithful sovereignty in the book of 1 Kings. As Raul explores the painful consequences of Solomon's slow but steady shift away from the Lord, you'll see how the king's choices brought harm not only to him, but to the entire nation of Israel. Stay with us for a challenge to pursue the Lord Jesus as the highest desire of your heart. Here's Raul Reese in the book of 1 Kings. Chapter 10, verse 1. And now when the queen of Sheba doesn't give us her name, heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with a hard question. Now, she was not a believer. She came to see Solomon and his Lord. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue of camels and bore spices, very much gold, precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And then Solomon answered all her questions, because he was the wisest king, notice, and there was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the sitting of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their dress, his cupbearers, and their entry by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit. She was just totally blown away. And then she said to the king, It was true the report which I heard of my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came personally and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, half was not told to me. Your wisdom, your prosperity exceeds the fame of which I heard. And then she said this. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you to hear your wisdom. And look what she does. Blessed be the Lord your God. Right before he backslides. Here she's talking about his God. Blessed be the Lord your God. Who delighted in you. Setting you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord God has loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Notice this is a heathen woman praising the Lord Jehovah God. What a testimony. That's when Solomon had it all together. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold. Three million dollars worth today in gold. Spices. Great quantity of precious stones. 
There never again came much such abundance and spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Now, it's interesting because right when queen of Sheba came, there was a story, there was a rumor that when she came and met with Solomon, that Solomon gave her a son. We don't know that for sure because of all that she says here. And then look what it says in verse 11. And also the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought great quantities. And Alma wood, which is a beautiful, beautiful wood used for uh, making instruments, violins, harps, all that stuff. He says, and the king made steps of almond wood for the house of the Lord, for the king's house also harps, string instruments for the singers. And there never again came such almond wood, nor has like been since the day. And now King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba, notice, what did she give him? All that she desired, whatever she asked beside what Solomon had given to her, according to the royal generosity, so she turned and went her own country, she and her servants. This is where they take that out of scripture. And then he gave her every he had, even a child, that he got her pregnant and she had a child. We don't know that, that doesn't say that. Verse 14. And the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly, check this out, was 666. Interesting number. (laughs) Notice that. Besides that, which was a quarter of a billion dollars in gold today. Besides that, from the traveling merchants, from the income of traders, from all the kings of Arabia, from the governors of the country, and King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, 600 shekels of gold went to each shield. Notice, no silver, just gold. He also made 300 shields of hammered gold. Three minus of gold went into each shield. The king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. That is, the pillars in his house of gold. Imagine that. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory, overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps. The top of the throne was around the back. There was ornaments either side on the place of the seat. Two lions that stood beside the ornaments. Twelve lions stood there, one on each side with six steps. Nothing like it had ever been made on other kingdoms. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold. All the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon, his own house, everything was pure gold. Not one silver thing, for this was accounted as nothing in the days of Solomon. For the king had merchant ships in the sea, and his fleet of Hiram. Once every three years, the merchant ships would bring in gold, silver, ivory, apes, monkeys... And so the king Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Isn't that interesting now? God said what? I'm going to give you wisdom, knowledge, and riches. Hey, watch this. Verse 23. This is now where you begin to see Solomon's priorities change. And so King Solomon surpasses all the kings of the earth. Notice, in riches and in wisdom, wisdom becomes secondary, not, not number one. What's first? Riches. Money takes over his life. Things began to change now in the life of Solomon. Watch this. And now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. 
And each man brought his present articles of silver, gold, garments, armor, spices, horses, mules, at set a rate year by year. They came from all over the world. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots, 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities with the king of Jerusalem there in the Megiddo area. Now when you go back to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 17, let me read it to you real quickly what he says. Uh, beginning with verse 14. And when you enter the land and have taken possession of the land, he says, in settling in it, and you say, let us set a king over us like all the nations around us. Be sure to appoint over you a king the Lord our God chooses. He must be from among your own brothers. Do not place a foreigner over you, one who is not a brother Israelite. The king, moreover, must not acquire great number of horses for himself and make the people return to Egypt. Who's that? Solomon. Notice that. Here he is warning them. He says to get more of them. For the Lord has told you, you are not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives, and his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large accounts of silver and gold. Everything God said, everything God warned, what did Solomon do? He did it. How many times God warns all of us in the same way? I mean, why do we have the Old Testament? For what? To be our example. And how many times will Christians, even though they sit in church and they hear the word of God, yet they do their own thing, but they will not listen to what God is really saying through His word. Solomon did it. And Solomon ended up not worshiping his God. Look what it says. Well, now we're going to see the full picture. Verse 28. And also Solomon had horses imported from Egypt and Kebeth. The king's merchants brought them to give it the current price. And now a chariot that was imported from Egypt cost 600 shekels of silver, a horse 150. And thus, though their agents, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. But King Solomon, here it is, loved many foreign women as well as the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites. Listen, every one of these nations, you know what they did? They killed their babies. They worshipped other gods. They did human sacrifices. Solomon has no business being unequally yoked together with so many women from so many nations. He should have waited on God. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Well, Raul is with us, and we're talking about why we as believers should go to the land of Israel. Pastor Raul? I think that people should go to Israel. If they read the Bible, they should go to Israel because they're going to read the Bible different, and the Bible is going to speak to them in such a way that now when I used to read it, let's see, where's Beersheba? Where's uh, Jerusalem? When you read it, you're going to picture in your mind. Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, the Sea of Galilee, uh, Tiberias, all these places that you're going to and learning about God's Word, you need to go. If you ever want to have the Bible come alive, you need to go to Israel. It will blow you away when you come back. Thanks, Raul. 
Well, the dates to join Pastor Rawl, his wife Sharon, and their son Ryan in the beautiful land of Israel are April 2nd through 13th, 2024. For information and a brochure, visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to the final part of our study from 1 Kings. Verse 2. From the nation of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely, notice why, they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to all this in love. He lusted after them. That's what happened. After God warned him in Deuteronomy 17, 14 to 20, he disobeyed the voice of God. Think of how many Christians today, they get married not to a Christian, but to a non-believer. Or they're dating a non-believer when God says, don't do it. Why? Because they're going to take your heart from the Lord. They're going to infect you. You get married and now you have to compromise because he said, hey, I'm your husband now and you're going to do what I say. If not, hit the road, Jack. I mean, that's what happens. And it's so sad that we don't listen to the voice of God and the word of God when God already has given us so many warnings not to be disobedient to the things that God says. So what does Solomon do? Verse 3. Solomon took 700 wives. Hey, I can just keep up with one wife. How can you keep up with 700 wives? Imagine that. And 300 concubines. Notice that. And what? His wives turned away his heart. Why? Because he was not the leader of his home. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wife turned his heart after other gods. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God. It was not the heart of his father David. How sad. Think how many people start okay, but they don't finish well. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start, but how you finished. Solomon had such potential. So much was going his way. He had it all. And yet, he said in the book of Ecclesiastes, everything in life is emptiness of life. Emptiness of life. Why? Without God. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians. You know who that is? That is Ashtoreth was the worship of all these children that were put to death. Notice that. The gods of the Sidonians. And after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Remember that little god they took down and put it in fire? Made it hot red. And they would come down and bring their babies. And place their babies in the arms of Molech. And they would barbecue their babies. Solomon. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. And did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. And then Solomon built, notice, high places for Chismoth, which is the God of fertility. Imagine that. He begins to build all these altars. He says, the abomination of Moab. On the hill that is east of Jerusalem for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. Molech was the god of abortion, where they bring down their babies and consume them in the fire. 
And he did likewise for all his foreign wives and burn incense and sacrifice to their gods. Notice, instead of him leading them to the Lord, they led him to their gods. They converted him. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives and burn incense and sacrifice to their gods. And so the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. We go back to chapter 9. The beginning, God warned him, if you do this. And had commanded him concerning, notice, this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what God the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord God said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and have not kept my covenant, nor my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you, and give it to your servant. Solomon, this is the end. There's not going to be another generation. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days. For the sake of your father David, I will tear it out of your hand from your son. You see, fathers and mothers, if we do not walk uprightly, our children will reap the consequences of our sins. That's what God says. Your sons are going to get it because of what you did. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David. And for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. And now the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad, the Edomite. He was a descendant of the king Edom. What happens? Everything begins. He's had peace all his life. And now because of his sin, God begins to bring what? Enemy against him to harass him. And the twelve tribes of Israel are going to split. Two will stay, which is called the southern kingdom of Judah. And the ten will become the northern tribes in the actual Tel Dan, way up in the Galilee. And they'll begin to worship the golden calves with Jeroboam. You'll see in a moment. Notice. For it came to pass, verse 15, when David was in Edom and Joab the commander of the army had gone up to bury the slain after he had killed every male from Edom. Because for six months Joab remained there with all Israel until he had cut down every male in Edom. That had that fled to go to Egypt, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him, had that was still a little child. And then they arose from Median and came to Paran, and then they took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh king of Egypt, and gave him a house, appointed food for him, and gave him his land. And had that found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh. So that he gave him a wife and sister and his own wife, that is the sister of the queen of Taphanes. And then the sister of Daphne before him, uh, this guy by the name of Gubath, his son, whom Tiphanes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Gunabath <laughs> was in Pharaoh's household among the sons of Pharaoh. And so when Hadad heard in Egypt that David rested with his father, that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, let me depart that I may go up to my own country. And then Pharaoh said to him, But what have you lacked with me? And suddenly you seek to go to your own country? So he answered nothing, but let him go away. And God raised up another adversary against Solomon. Razor, the son of Iliadat, had fled his lord, Hedazar's son of Sobat. 
And now he gathered men to him and became captain over the band of raiders when David killed those so bad. And that he went in Damascus and dwelt there and reigned in Damascus. And he was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon beside all the trouble that he did. And he caused and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. And then Solomon's servants, Jeroboam, here it is, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite from Sirach, whose mother's name was Zura, the widow, and also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king Solomon had built at Melo and repaired the damages of the city of David his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that all young men was industrious, made him the officer over all labor force in the house of Joseph. And now it came to pass at that time that Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem and the prophet Ahijai, the Sholomite, met him on the way that clothed himself with a new garment and two were alone in the field. And the prophet took a hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it off in 12 pieces. He's going to prophesy how God's going to rip the kingdom from Solomon. And he's going to take 10 one way and two the other way. And then he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself 10 pieces. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and I will give you ten tribes to you, which were called the northern kingdom of Israel. But he said, he says, But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David, for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and worship Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chismoth, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my sight, notice, and keep my statutes and my judgments, and did his father David the reason for judgment, disobedience. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David. I gave my word. I'm keeping my word. Whom I chose because of to keep my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand. Notice. And give it to you ten tribes. And to his son I will give one tribe that my servant David may always have a lamb before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself to put my name there. So I will take you, you shall reign over all your hard desires, and you shall be king over Israel, over the northern kingdom. And it shall be, if you listen, notice he warns them too, if you do what's right, all that I command you to walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight, to keep my statutes, my commandments, my servant David did, then I will be with you and build you an enduring house and I will build for David and I will give Israel to you. God is willing for people to repent and bless them. And I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, Shishka, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until Solomon died. And now the rest of the acts of Solomon, all that he did, and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? We don't have that. Those are lost books. And the period of Solomon reign in Jerusalem was all Israel 40 years. 40 is the number of judgment. And then Solomon rested 
with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place, Hasad. A person that had everything in life, and yet look how he concludes his life. Totally without the Lord, in rebellion, God splitting the kingdom, and now it's all going to be downhill for the children of Israel in the next chapters to come. hope King Solomon's story will cause you to stand strong against temptation and honor God with your devoted obedience. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson again, we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, just call us at 800-634-9165. And when you contact us, mention today's study from 1 Kings chapters 9 through 11. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. It's a resource that further explores the fallout of spiritual compromise and provides steps for pinpointing your own personal areas of weakness. You'll also see that if you indulge in continuous deliberate disobedience like Solomon did, you'll undermine your relationship with the Lord. So contact us today to purchase Rawls' book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a gift of $8 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. This resource is also available when you write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Your donations help us keep sharing God's mighty, unchanging Word, and every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Join us next time as we continue this series in 1 Kings with more insight into the ripple effect of destruction caused by Solomon's sinful choices. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.